people to kind of get a look behind the scenes of uh, some of the people who make the plays for our other hip-hop stars? Several reasons, but one of the vast that I think is important. What I'm learning even more is 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 is, vital, is, is vitally important for kids to know history mm-hmm. um, and to understand how this thing came about um, and how to respect people who help you get to where you want to be. And for young kids to understand the struggle that a lot of people are on top right now, but, you know, staying on top is almost virtually impossible. So I feel like it's very important for these kids to understand that, that, you know, you can travel around the world and then be broke and working in a, in a grocery store in, in 12 months, I mean, in, in, in three, four years. Wow. So is the Swiftcore documentary um, going into the lives of some of the people who have helped shape the world of hip-hop music? Um, some of those people, um, Deb, uh, you have, I think we're starting out in 1979 based on the Sugar Hill, um, how Sylvia Robinson kind of formed Sugar Hill. Right, correct? yep, yep. So yep. Um, with that, who do you think had the most um, kind of one of the, the best stories out of all of the people that are, are, are on the uh, documentary? Who said again? Who, who had the best story? Yeah, like who has the biggest? Uh, I, I, I know it's kind of hard to like go down to one because all of them are probably amazing stories. But who do you think? Well, let me just say, let me just say, for me, I feel like theirs was the most shocking and the most untold yeah. because to me, her being a female and the things that she accomplished and did was amazing. To me, yeah. my story was a little was was different because I had so much footage. And yeah. and I had done so much. I had so much to go off of, and what mm-hmm. I did. And I think my story is the one that people didn't know the most. Like people know about Deb a little bit because of loving hip hop, because of her history, her artist, and her son, and you know. And then they know more about Trick for the No Fly Zone. The older people know more about Bimmy. So if you get older, you know Bimmy and then Run DMC and uh, LL Cool J. My story is a story that was probably least known, and it was yeah. more of a West Coast story. So when people get it, it's almost like, damn, oh, like, he did that. And so, and I think with my story, we didn't even tell it more in the in the documentary. You'll see it in six. I did more in film, which, is, which, yeah. is, which got me to do this film because of my legacy in making film. I've done nine films. I've done... I did the Jam Method, Jam Method Day documentary. I did um, two turns of his microphone. I've done. I've been on so many projects, and I've been really making films, which, which, which you know, you got to level up. And so, yeah. <laughs> just the hard work of getting this project done, I don't think people understand it because they see hip hop as only music. They don't really understand, you know, on the West Coast, we look at film. It was Ice Cube Fridays. It was. It was um, Boys in the Hood. It was Minister Society's Colors. That was us, and now and I'm a part of that hip hop. I'm a part of that film hip hop. I'm gonna give it to you in the camera. More than, than, than my history is more than camera, and I know people don't want to. They, they remember like Bean Rains, Baby Boy from um, Boys from um, from um, what was um, oh shit, from Baby Boy. You know Melvin from Baby Boy. That's Bean Rains. Yeah. People don't understand. That I was managing him, and he's mm-hmm. a he's a star in um 
in uh, Mission Impossible. So we've been booking in that. I wrote and uh, acted in uh, Force of Execution with Veen Rang, me, Veen Rang, Connie Lister, I mean, me, Veen Rang, Danny Trejo, and Steven Seagal. I acted alongside of Steven Seagal. I wrote that. So it's, it's, I think that was it. Like, yeah. it, people was more shocked on that their story was a story, and then mine had more of a, a, a round table to it because I was telling it. Absolutely. And you grew up in South Central. Um, what were some of the inspirations that, like, kind of made you want to get up, get out, and do your thing uh, with how you kind of did what you've been able to do in your lifetime? Oh, easy. Ice, ice, ice cube. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, not ice cube. I'm sorry. IT. IT. Oh, got it. Okay. IT. I, let me tell you about IT. <laughs> IT went to Crenshaw High School. Uh, um, he came from New York, went to Crenshaw High School. He had a poor first. He already had money. And IT had made the transition. He yeah. was in the streets. He was really in the streets, went from there, and got into rap music, did the song, did the rap thing, traveled with the killer police and um, 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 six in the morning. Then he did yeah. what nobody else expected him to do. He did the movie's colors. Then he did it again with nobody expected to. He became a police officer on a nationally publicized, publicized television show. And right. I see, because I've seen him. You know how you, you, you really, when you can see somebody, you can touch them. Yeah. I still didn't know who I was and shit just I know. You know what I'm saying? But I was a young dude who was on that gangbanging tip real, real hard. And he was a person that showed me as he leveled up that, we can do it. I always looked up at the seat. Wow, that was a great answer. Also, how have you sustained your longevity in hip hop? Like, how have you been kind of able to uh, continue on and having longevity in, in hip hop? Because, just like you said, some people can be doing this today and then tomorrow they can be at a fast food restaurant. So, I mean, film. how have you. Film, really, to be honest with you, has been film because after I stopped managing Nip, I kind of left music. And then I, 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 right when I was, I stopped managing Nip and I went to manage Dean Rains. I was probably making around three, four hundred thousand dollars a year just from doing shows, and uh, and managing Dean. I managed Dean Rains, Tiny Lister, Corrupt, still to this day until Tiny Debo just passed. I was still managing him, right. and then I do a lot of deals in hip hop. Like I can book, I book most of the talent that come on the West Coast. I do like maybe before COVID, I'll do like maybe three, four big shows in L.A. So I've never left music. I just left managing rappers. And yeah. I really started doing film. Like I said, I did nine films. I've done nine films. I produced and acted in and wrote. And so it's better. it was better for me and it's still better for me to this day to, 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 to start managing Big U. And I really make way more money managing me than I ever made managing anybody else. Just to yeah. be honest. <laughs> so you mentioned you managed Nip. Uh, I had no idea. No, I didn't manage Nip. I okay. signed Nip. Nip was signed oh. in my company as he was signed in my production company. And then what happened was I went and got Steve Lobel because at that time I couldn't get through the door because of my name. My reputation was so big. So I went and got Steve Lobel, mm-hmm. and he's of Jewish descent, and he he's light skinned. <laughs> I like to call it light-skinned. And he was able to go do things that I couldn't do. And so 
I brought Steve on at 10% management, but I signed Nipsey to, to my production company. So as long as I was managing him, my production contract never kicked in. So then when I stopped managing him and I went to do other things, like I said, it, it, it still was in place. But I never man, I don't manage people because I think what kids don't understand is the difference between being a manager and a production company. The only person I would ever manage is somebody who has something to manage. Yeah. I, I don't really understand that. Like you have to, you have to be making money, money coming in, and this, and then I'm getting the percentage off of that. But if I sign you and you're a young kid and you have nothing and I'm building your name, then I'm signing you to my production company because I'm investing money and time into you. So that's yeah. the difference the kids don't really get. They think that a manager, so I'll manage a Snoop Dogg. I'll manage Snoop. Because Snoop yeah. got millions of deals coming in. But I could never manage a kid who's coming up and who don't got nothing because now I got to put my energy behind you to help create you. Got it. So, but you was asking me about Nip. Yeah, I was asking you about Nip. Um, I was going to ask you what is something that you remember that he uh, sort of told you, or probably, um, I don't know, just any kind of story that you have uh, when you were helping Nip along the way. And uh, I got a story that most people don't know. He told yeah. me he was in Lower London. <laughs> See, I knew Lauren London before I knew Nip. Her, Lauren London was best friends with, with my one of my best friends' daughters. Okay. So I knew her, or and I knew of her before I knew Nip. And then one day, me and Nip, Nip was talking about her, and I was like, I know her. And he was like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm like, nah, bro. She on, We just jokingly <laughs> laughing about it. And uh, I was like, nah, she on another level now. And um, we used to always be talking about it. And then one day, he called me and told me, guess what? And I'm like, what? He's like, I got her. And I'm like, you got who? It, it already went past my mind. He's like, I got her. And I'm like, you got who? I got Lauren. And he was like, no, I'm going to call you when I'm with her. And he called me when he was with her one day. I was like, oh, this Negro ain't bullshit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He really, he really ain't got it. I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> man, he got like a mug. Yeah, so I want to ask you, um, who are your favorite rising stars in hip hop today? Yeah, we have so many artists that are kind of doing their thing. Well, who are some of your favorite uh, rising hip hop artists in the industry right now? Oh, uh, 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 OSBS, my group, uh, <laughs> OSBS, and Critic Cali. Uh, another kid I'm dealing with, and then uh, shit. What's up, Nikki? Another kid I'm dealing with. I like they drive. I like they work. Um, mm-hmm. Little baby, okay. um, Gunner. Shoot. Uh, shoot. Uh, I like. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm one of them old dudes that like all the youngsters. I like. I love the baby work and work ethic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I like how he, he, to me, he is such an intelligent and great businessman. Um, yeah. of course, you know, thug and mm-hmm. not, there's nothing in the world. My biggest fan, I'm the biggest fan of Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Right. It's uh-huh. Wiz Khalifa, OSBS, Critter Cali, Watch Up Mickey, then it's Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa, and then it's Wiz Khalifa again. But then, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but, 
Yeah. I, 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 I'm not one of them dudes. I like these kids. I like the energy, but I just feel like a lot of it is displaced and it, it, it gets caught up in buffoonery because they got to do so much bullshit to get, to get on. And then yeah. there's the artists that don't do the bullshit we don't highlight. And those yeah. are the ones that I name. And, and, and notwithstanding, I miss some, of course, and, uh, but I kind of named the ones that I'm in touch with. Yeah. You know, did it make sense? You know, but I, I like I said, it's 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 um it's some it's some ones that I'm I, I look at but I like the ethic. I like I like the energy today. And yeah. it's and there's more kids that's doing it right than it is that's doing it bad. Yeah. Got it. Um so I'm getting down to my last questions. I wanna ask you this. Um so the current state of rap music, um, where do you feel like rap music is at at this moment and do you feel like rap music is kinda of evolving? You kinda of mentioned some of your favorite artists, uh, I mean rising artists right now. But what do you think about the rap music that is uh coming out today? It's like I just said, I mean you got a lot of bad I mean you got you got a you got a small amount of bad, but you got a lot of good. And because mm-hmm. unfortunately we focus on the, we 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 hear the bad so much louder than we hear the good. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at all of these artists and these kids, majority of them don't get in trouble. Majority of them ain't in no shootouts. Majority of them ain't in this. But you only hear about the the, the problems that happen. Yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying? We only hear we only hear about forty two doves and, and uh, um and um and Roddy Rich uh. Video shoot getting shot up, but yeah. you don't hear that neither one of them was involved in the incident, and that right. the incident didn't have nothing to do with neither one of them. But when they promote it, they promote that they're only going to say that Forty Two Dove and, and Roddy Rich the video it was shot up. It wasn't shot up. It was yeah. some, it was some dudes who had an issue with each other had nothing to do with neither one of them. But like I said, these are two kids, especially Roddy Rich, who tried to run the straightest line you can run. Roddy yeah. Rich, and I should have said his name. Roddy Rich, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, uh, like I say, Wiz Khalifa, OSBS, Watson yeah. Mickey. You know what I mean? So I think that hip-hop is in a good place, and hip-hop is in a good place in these kids' hands. Right. And because it's so many of them that's doing it right. Yeah. And it's so many. We only focus on the ones that's, that's, that's going to give shot value. Yeah, you, I think Roddy Rich is one of my favorites. Uh, Kendrick is one of my favorites, so I can I definitely hear what you're saying on that. So, what do you want hip hop fans to get out of the Hip Hop Uncovered six um, six part documentary when they do check it out? What are your biggest things you want people to get out of this documentary? Hip hop. I want fans. them to get that. I want them to get everybody has a story. That when you look at one person, that person has a story. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want them to just everybody, not just rap artists. I want everybody to look and see that in every human being walking, there's a story to be told. And 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 I want them to know that I'm a man who did 13 years in prison. I did three years and nine months in the hole. Mm-hmm. I came home. 17 days after doing three years and nine months in California State shoot, and look at me now. 
I'm able to get one. I have one of the biggest shows on TV. That's awesome. If the, the, the struggle don't stop. Yeah. You have to just keep working. And every time they knock you down, that's just an opportunity for you to get up. You know what wow. I mean? And, yeah. and I want them to take that from the fact that if you look at Big U, I want you to look at me and say, because I don't want to be the, I don't want people to think I'm this big, bad, this big, bad, buff dude. I don't run around trying to disrespect people. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for a fight. I will turn yeah. a fight down. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I, I'm not the, the nigga who, walking around with a big stick, although mm-hmm. I can fight, and although I will fight. And you're going to see this in the documentary. Like, I got rules. If it's in front of me, I'm not going to run away from it. But yeah. I'm not going to be raw running on the Internet. I'm not going to be disrespecting nobody. I don't do that. And I'm not going to take every challenge because I just feel like, you know, love is love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, and I tell the youngsters all the time, man, let, let that shit go. I'm going to let more go. I'm going to let more go than I'm going to dress. So, my last two questions. Because um, it's Black History Month, um, and we're highlighting a lot of black excellence, you mentioned that you do a lot of film. I put this one together. So, um, there have been a lot of rappers who have kind of crossed to the acting field. Um, there have been a lot of said again? There have been a lot of what? I, I said there's been a lot of artists who are uh, well, rappers specifically that have crossed over to that have pretty much crossed over to acting. Um, who mm-hmm. is one of who is your personal favorite rapper that crossed over into acting? There are so many. We got. I mean, I can Ooh, go down. Shit. To, but, I don't yeah. know. Shoot, you got. I mean, you got Mark. You got uh, Marky Mark. You got LL Cool J. You got. Yeah. Uh, 50 Cent. You got uh, all of these dudes. I'm inspired by all them shit. And the, and the one that I look at, to look at, is Master P because he did it from the point of view that I'm trying to do it from, and, and he did it as an owner and a master of uh, an owner and a master of owning his properties. I didn't get to own my property on this situation because, like I said, I'm still trying to build my name, and I have to take the hit. But yeah, I feel like. With the with the state of hip hop and us being the number one genre, yeah, all of these kids need to take advantage of their presence. Yeah. You know what I mean, and not just look at just just um um music. But the problem with that, and, and now I gotta go, and I want to just teach if I can, if I can get a couple of seconds. Um, go acting is a lot. It, it, it actually takes away your money if you are in the prime of your career. So that's why a lot of uh, actors, who I mean, a lot of people who are in music don't go into acting. It's not because they don't want to. It's because if you get a contract to do an acting gig, you you don't set for six months. So that means you yeah. may be doing this gig for six months, and they may have in your contract that you can't fly out at certain times. So that means you can't do no shows, you can't do no concerts, and you can't do no tours. So. Yeah. And then if you're if you're at the height of your career, you're getting maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars a show. So if you can fly to Texas and do a show in Texas um, on Thursday and pick up two hundred, and do a show in another part of Texas on Friday and pick up two hundred, and do another show, now you can make six hundred thousand. I don't know nobody's numbers. That's why I didn't say the name. But you can make money that whole weekend, but yeah. and try to get back to the set. And so 
in acting, they don't want to let you do that. They want you to be stuck on the on the set because it could cost them that same amount of money every day you miss on the set. Yeah. You know what I mean? So acting, the translation from acting, from, uh, from music into acting, most actors kind of do it at the end of their career because it's, it, they make more money while they're hot. They got a hot song, you got to go work it. You know what I mean? You can't afford to go lay off on a hot song and not get the money while the song is hot. You got to go do it right then. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And because I write for Respect Magazine, I'm going to end it okay. with this one. So um, what does the word respect mean to you when you hear or see that word? Uh, what is your personal definition of respect? All right. The word respect. The word respect is it's almost like your name. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like you have your name is, is the only thing that you have in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you let somebody disrespect your name without an address, it's kind of like you you letting it go. So now mm-hmm. as somebody in my position, I now have to gauge where I see that. So if a person is on the Internet or he's so low and beneath me, if I'm addressing that, then that means I'm giving him energy. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's somebody that's on my level, and I feel like he can fuck with my situation, I'm going to address it, and I'm going to address it hard. But these weirdos and other things, I don't see that as, as um, I don't see that, I don't see that as a form of disrespect. I just see that as a nigga cloud chasing. So there's a difference, cloud chasing yeah. and then somebody checking your, your you know, your, your, your thing. But I think respect is, is earned. Yeah. I hope I gain, I hope I'm gaining a gang of respect from my peers with this project. And now they can look at me as somebody they would want to do business with instead of thinking that I'm just, you know, every time, if I call them about something, I'm I'm trying to take something from them. It was a lot of people that I called to be on this project that didn't get on the project. And they, for whatever reason, and it was, and, and, I, and I didn't get mad. Like, I, I, I don't mind nobody telling me no. You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh-huh. and 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 that's the business. Now when they yeah. see the project, they have Came to gain out. respect for the project. Like this shit is it's the shit. Like he they people thought I was walking around with a camera, like <laughs> myself. <laughs> Literally like, you know, what, what what you doing, Big? You like, man, we don't know you for this. You know what I mean? And so people didn't know I do film. And they yeah. didn't know how in depth I am. I didn't wrote five movies. I got movie projects that haven't even been accepted. I got other documentaries I'm trying to get done. I'm doing a documentary on the Crips, on the beginning of the Crip Rain Washington. I'm doing a documentary on my homeboys who, who, uh, who, who did 27 and 28 years for bank robberies. They like they robbed more banks than anybody in the whole United States of America. Um, I'm putting together a couple of TV shows because I write. I can't spell worth a shit on, on Instagram and all that, but I can write like a mug. <laughs> Go figure, right? But I'm just really just trying to, you know, live like live this hip-hop dream and, and create stuff that people can see. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if one thing I can say, I got a distribution company I'm starting for music. So we're doing a distribution company. Uh, it's called Unique Distribution so kids can go out and put music out and get the music out. And we're not signing people. We're just giving them a lane to actually get their music out. 
like yeah. Distro Kid, and they can sign up, put their music out, and then um, if it's something that pops, of course we would like to sit down with them and go from there. But we we're, we're going to be pushing that. That's already in. Uh, it should be ready to launch here in the next couple of weeks. Sounds good. But I'm so sorry. I, I had one more question, but I'm Come gonna on, try to do it. Try to say it fast. All right. So Sylvia, Rob, this is not necessarily a question, but just kind of like um, you know, how you feel about this particular thing. I'm about to say. Oh, so Sylvia Robinson produced Rapid Delight in uh, 19, was it 1979? 79. Yeah. yeah, she's known as Hip Hop's first godmother, and she mm-hmm. was also the founder and CEO of Sugar Hill Records. Um, how big do you think that is for women in hip hop that she was able to do that? as the first uh, lady? Well, I'm going to just tell you like this. I'm a, I'm a champion of women. I was raised with four women, my mother and my sisters. Um, I'm one of them mama boys. I'm one of them, I'm one of them guys where I, don't, I ain't never hit a woman, I ain't never disrespected a woman. I'm a champion of women. My, my whole crew, when I did my prison time, was all women, my sisters, my homegirls. So... I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I love women to death. Like, I don't think we can do nothing without a woman. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I feel like loyalty. I feel like trust. I'm one of them dudes for real. I've been with my wife since I was 17. How about that one? Oh, so okay. I, I believe in the, I've been, I believe in the power of women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I ain't the best husband now. I ain't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I love women, so I I love Deb's story. I love to hear you doing interviews. I feel mm-hmm. I, I like my 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 youngest kid is my fourteen year old. She's a girl. Cherish. My oldest kid is is my daughter Dominique, and mm-hmm. I'm fighting for women all around the world. Period. Point wow. blank. I think women need to rule the world because y'all are more <laughs> common than our ignorant asses. Wow, that was that was a lot, <laughs> but. Thank you so much for uh, doing this interview for Spec Magazine, Big U. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I'm definitely going to be checking out the uh, next episodes of the Hip Hop Undercover. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Thank you so much for doing this interview and enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Yep.